This week on Moms Moving On. So many moms have this feeling that going to court is going to be going to see Judge Judy, right? <laughs> Bless right? her. I mean, and I don't mean to, I don't mean to rag on Judge Judy, but they, they're, they're picturing this person who's sitting behind this bench with a robe and yelling, right? Or forcing something down their throats. And nine times out of 10, it's a person who is really trying to find a good resolution and one that's going to leave your child in an okay situation. Take some time, literally 15, 20 minutes, plan out what you want your life to look like in five or 10 years. Get your big picture. Life moves on, so why shouldn't we? This is Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, your host of Moms Moving On, navigating divorce, co-parenting, single motherhood, and moving on. Hi, everyone. We're back with another Moms Moving On. Thank you for your response and your feedback to our last episode, um, especially the episode about substance abuse and mental health issues. I know that this was something a lot of people were waiting for for a long time, and I'm glad it delivered everything you need. But you know me, I'm back to deliver again. And this time with someone so fabulous, I feel so connected to her just through Instagram and our shared life experiences. Her name is Lauren Hunt, and she is an attorney and mediator in upstate New York, but that doesn't mean her information won't be relevant to people all over the place. She's going to be answering questions for us about temporary parenting plans. And when I say this through three words to my clients, I'm always met with a, huh, what's that? So I'm really glad Lauren is here to talk about this with us today. And I completely trust her expertise because she's not only a child of divorce, she's a mother herself. So she knows what it means to make decisions for her clients that are based on the best needs of the children. And she knows the importance of a temporary parenting plan. Lauren, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited to chat about this. I know, me too. I mean, I think it is so unfair that so many people right out of the gate are completely clueless as to what is available to them in terms of parenting plan options. So I'm glad we're going to talk about that today. But can you give us a little background on you first? Sure, I'd be happy to. Um, so so what you already mentioned, I am a divorce attorney and mediator in upstate New York. Um, my mediation practice is statewide, but uh, my one-to-one uh, representation is really limited to the capital region, the area that I live. But the information that I have today does apply throughout pretty much every state um, because we are talking about how you know, the, the inputs to an initial custody order. Um, and a, while the process may change amongst states or among, or, you know, between the different processes that you choose within your state, um, the basic information is the same. And I think, you know, what you had said with the fact that so many moms don't understand like the general process, it leaves you at a bit of a disadvantage sometimes, right? Because it's just sort of like, the, the thought of a divorce or going to court is kind of like this black hole. Oh, you know that, you, right? You have to like go through the black hole, but you don't know what's in the black hole and you have no idea what's going to be at the end of the black hole. Is there an end to the black hole? Will I ever get there? No, I know. And I think also, you know, I was just writing about this this morning that 
divorce in itself, when you're first about to like embark on that journey or you're thinking about it, you don't know what you don't know. And then you're asking friends and then it's like, oh, well, my friend's cousin's sister had this ugly divorce and here's what happened. And this is your only basis for what could happen. So you just automatically assume the worst. And there's no, uh, there's no real buffer or like person there to be like, hey, this is what you need to know. And that's why I love that we're doing this because episode by episode, I realized how much I didn't know in the process and how helpful that would have been for me. So I'm glad to give it to everyone else. And I think like, it's so frustrating because what we're, it's the end of 2020, we're going into 2021. The internet has so much information, but you try to find any information about like, well, what's the divorce process like? What am I going to expect? It's like, nothing all you hear is these crazy horror stories right and you don't actually get the the nuts and bolts of okay here's what you can expect generally at the first appearance or here are your options so i just i love the fact that you're bringing this information out options that's the key word because a lot of people who come to me and myself even i I was going off of, you know, either what my ex would threaten or say he was going to do. And I, options did not seem like something I had, but you have to know, like this whole knowledge is power thing. I feel like that term was created for the divorce process because once you know better, <laughs> you realize it's not as scary because you can kind of design it how you want it, AKA the temporary parenting plan. Exactly. And then knowledge is power is so key in this area. And even for parents that or, you know, I've had so many mothers who come to me and they're like, I just don't have the money to hire an attorney. And I'm like, okay, but do you have the money to at least go to a consult with an attorney, get a little bit of base information so that you can go forward without living it, you know, responding to the threats of your, of the co-parent or your worries or fears of what your well-meaning family and friends may, you know, give to you. Oh, are you sure you want to do this? It's going to get nasty. Right. And then that stays with you and it's so unfair. And it's also unfair that, you know, a lot of us who leave high conflict marriages, we sort of fall into this pattern of like wanting to avoid conflict and just going off of what our exes say. So I'll have women clients that come to me and, and they're like, I'm so scared to get divorced because my husband said, if I get divorced, he's going to take the kids away from me and I don't want to lose my kids. And I'm like, well, did you realize that just because he's saying that does not mean it's going to happen? It's not the law. Right. <laughs> it's, like- it's so sad. I hate this process for people. I do. It's so hard. And, you know, it is a process and it's one that you can choose. I I was thinking about this, right? We we were talking about the black hole, right? And so many parents, mothers come to me and they say, I just, I'm scared about that. I don't know what to do, but I want to try and fix this so that I can avoid the black hole. I'm like, okay, well, that's one option. Certainly you can stay in the relationship and you can work maybe with a coach, figure out how you can make this relationship something that's manageable or you can recognize like, I owe, I owe something to myself and to my babies, right? And yes, this black hole is scary, but with the right supports, I can get through it. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> there you go. So let's talk about the temporary parenting plan. Yeah. What does this mean? How does it happen? What does it have in it? Let's just tear it apart. Tear it apart. All right. Let's love it. Let's dive in. So a temporary parenting plan is really the plan that is going to be in place from the initial application or you know from your initial determination that we're going to go we're going to split up 
until you reach a final resolution. And there can be lots of different iterations, but a lot of the times you put in place one main plan um, and then maybe you'll make certain tweaks along the way. And when I'm talking about a parenting time plan, um, we're typically talking about like the following four concepts, right? So you've got legal custody, um, which is decision-making typically. Most of the time you're gonna hear that called decision-making across the states. Um, and then you've got actually the parenting time plan. And the parenting time is, it breaks down into three main pieces. You're gonna have your basic schedule, right? What day is, your daughter with you, what day is, is your daughter with your husband, your now you know, former husband, um, you're going to have the vacation schedule and then the holiday schedule. So those are really the four main pieces that go into any sort of initial or temporary custody arrangements. But that's really just like the terms, right? You also have to think about the fact that other pieces are going into it in terms of the emotional approach or the emotional impact that it has on you. Um, and I know probably when you were going through it with your daughter, you were probably thinking about the fact that, you know, this isn't what I want, right? Because not many moms want to not be with their kids every single day. Oh, right. The worst. Right. Right. And you're like, I don't want to have a 50-50 arrangement or I don't want to have a situation where I don't have my child every single night to say goodnight to them. Right. Right. And so while you're, you're definitely focusing on the actual terms of the order, you also have to work on the impact that those terms have on you emotionally. You have to set your boundaries. You have to be aware of the fact that this is going to be a change for you. And you've got to be willing to kind of come around to that and, and see, you know, how your response to the order could be impacting your kids. I don't want to say it like that. That's actually a pretty, um, you know, you and I have talked about, about boundaries, right? And I think we have to recognize that at times we're thinking, this order is not what I want to see. I want to have my child with me every single day. But you know what the reality is, is that they also have another parent and right. they have to be with that other parent too. That's part of the acceptance of it. And, you know, I had the opportunity um, in my own separation, my my 50-50 parenting plan didn't come into effect until our divorce was final. So I had a little bit of time to adjust. I mean, Bella spent, and this was in no way following a graduated plan. It was just the way things worked out, but started with one night a week. She was really young and then she was doing okay. So we worked up to three nights a week, not consecutively. But by the time we reached that point, it was like I had dipped my toes in the water little by little and I had gotten used to it. There is no way I will ever say that you ever get to a point where you're like, here, great person right. I don't like anymore. Take my kid. But having the opportunity to start working on that early on and figure out what works for you was really great than going through this whole process and getting to the mediation table and just being handed an option. Exactly. And I think so frequently parents, you know, moms are going through court and their first court conference, they may receive this order that's half negotiated, but also half determined by the judge. And they're like, this isn't anything like what I want to see. And they're thrown into that situation. And that's really hard, right? Maybe you're thrown into a 50-50 situation where you, where you were always the parent that did everything. Right. And all of a sudden you're like, well, how are they going to, you know, how's my co-parent going to know how to put our daughter to bed every night? Cause they never did it. Those right. Girls, 
things. Those were all the things. And right. then lie awake, like, I wonder if he, you know, zipped up her thing the right way or whatever it was. And it was, right. so these worries that you can't help but feel because you're a mom first, mm-hmm. um, but also worries that in the grand scheme of things, don't make that much of an impact. And it takes a lot of time to to realize that. Exactly. And I think that's what I was trying to say was like the perspective, right? In the moment, I've had so many moms who are like, my, this is not going to be good for my kids. And I'm like, I understand the immediate reaction. I absolutely do. But like, let's give it some time. Let's see this play out because it's going to do one of two things, right? It's either going to kind of go up in flames or it may actually be okay, right? It's nothing's ever going to be perfect because perfect is I have my child with me. I get to kiss them goodnight every single night. And that just likely could, cannot happen, right? If you're having two separate homes. Right, exactly. So, okay, so you get separated, you file your divorce papers with the court, and then you sit down and create your temporary parenting plan along those four guidelines. How flexible is it at that point and how often does the temporary become the final oh my gosh that is such a good question and i think that is a huge concern of so many moms right because they're worried that all of the terms that are in the temporary order are going to become the the final terms and you know i i can't I can't tell you 99% or 50%. I cannot give you that type of percentage, but I can say that typically what I see is judges saying, listen, let's try this out. Let's try out this temporary order. See if it works. If it doesn't, let's tweak it. If it does, then maybe it's going to become the basis to our final order. Mm -hmm. And that's what I was kind of saying with, you're either going to see the temporary arrangement go up in flames (laughs) or... (laughs) It's going to probably work out, but maybe with some tweaks. So the temporary parenting plan, how is this, or is it, is it the, the uncouple that is figuring it out? Is it the lawyers giving suggestions? That's such a good question, right? Because it's a mix. So in the, you know, if you're, it's a mix because it, it depends on the process you're choosing. And I so, ask because I think the thought process there for anyone who's splitting up, or at least the clients I work with is, I don't know what they're going to give me. I don't know what they're going to give me. And it's, you know, there's, there's part of this is choice. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, again, the fact that you, any schedule, no matter what process you're in, right, the mediation process or full court-based divorce process, it, you are not the sole determiner of the, the custody order, right? It depends upon you and your spouse and sometimes the judge. So when you're looking at who's creating the order, um, a lot of the times it's negotiations between or mediation between the attorneys, sometimes with spouses present, sometimes not, the spouse is not present. Um, other times, if the attorneys have reached such an impasse, then you're going to be looking to maybe have a judge help you Um, figure out some initial terms. And I think in this specific respect, the way a temporary order comes to be is going to change across the states. So like in New York, a lot of the times we'll figure out an an initial resolution for custody, literally in the the moments before we go into the courthouse to have the first appearance on the divorce, right? Um, in Florida, it may be that you first have to meet with a mediator prior to, and, and you, you meet with the mediator and you reach your resolution at that point, uh, and then the mediator takes it to, a, to, to the judge. It's, 
the process is going to differ based upon what state you're in. But most of the time, the process is going to depend upon you and your spouse to reach some sort of a resolution. And on the areas you cannot reach a resolution, those are going to have some input from the judge. I like that. I, you know, for me, and you know, my husband's a judge. I love yeah. that there is a referee in place, you so know, because everyone is always so scared of the judge. And I, and I imagine I was too at one point. And then when I really got to know how my husband sees these cases from a completely child first approach, um, it's helpful to know that like when you can't see past your own pain and anger and your ex can't see past, you know, just getting what he wants, there's someone there to quiet out the noise and just focus on what matters. So that's not always the worst case in my opinion. I fully agree. And I think so many moms have this feeling that going to court is going to be going to see judge Judy, right? Bless her. I mean, and I don't mean to, I don't mean to rag on judge Judy, but they, they're, they're picturing this person who's sitting behind this bench with a robe and yelling, right? Or forcing something down their throats. And nine times out of 10, it's a person who is, yes, they're sitting behind a bench. There's, they have the black robe, but they're really trying to find a good resolution and one that's going to leave your child in an okay situation. Yeah. Yeah. You know? well, we, we, think worst case scenario for our kids. That's what we do as moms. It's totally normal. And nine times out of 10, they're pretty okay. Exactly. And I think this is the other thing that so many moms, um, you know, grapple with when they're thinking about, oh my gosh, I'm going to court. I have to get a temporary order of custody. They're thinking about, I'm going to court. I've failed somehow. Right. Like I failed, I failed my child. I failed myself. And it's like, no, 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 no. Going to court is not a failure. Go making the choice to ha- take back the power in your life and create the next best step to bring you and your kids to a different level of life is, is not a failure. Like that is the most powerful choice you can make for your kids. I'm pretty sure this is why you and I align because it's that perspective that I that I live by and that I try to preach to others because it really is, you know, you can look at anything as an ending, but you can also look at those same things as a beginning and an opportunity. And that's really what it is. And, you know, doing things strategically, seeing your lawyer, creating a plan, knowing what to expect, all of that takes away the frustration and the unknowing and the uncertainty of it all. Yes. I mean, there are no guarantees in the divorce process, but the one thing there is, is the opportunity to come into it already knowing what to expect. And that's huge. Absolutely. And on that point, I think it's so important to remember you're controlling your inputs, right? And so when you're preparing to make that first step, a couple of really good ways to control your inputs are to gather together all of your thoughts on the subject of custody so that you can explain to your attorney, um, you know, in a very succinct way, here's what I'd like to see for custody and here's why right? Um, Keeping yourself as organized as possible from the start of your custody matter and through your custody matter. And keeping in mind the fact that that temporary order of custody, right, it, it has those four main pieces. So as you're moving through the process and that temporary order is in place, if something's going wrong, you're going to want to kind of 
I don't want to say document it, but you're going to take a note of it and keep that in mind when you're thinking about the final order. I think document is the right word. I'm always talking about documenting things because all of these things will happen and you'll say, oh, I'll just remember to tell my lawyer. And then another thing happens and you forgot the last thing. Document it, write it down. Whether it's like, and the easiest way to do it is create an email chain with just yourself. Yep. And like whenever something happens, just send a quick email to yourself on that same email chain because it's got the date and time of when it happened. That's perfect. Right? I mean, it's, it's, you can't, you know, you can't possibly be expected to remember every little thing because each thing is going to piss you off more than the last, you know, it's the same with me and, and expenses for my daughter. I'm always like, Oh, I'll write that down. It was only $5. And then like, $35 purchases later, I'm like, shit, what was that before? So yes. Right, I know. And you know, I don't know about you, but like, I, I can have pretty bad mom brain. Like, <laughs> there's only, there's only so much that I can keep in there. And your memory, as you go through this process, it's going to fade and things are going to blend into each other. So keeping track just generally of what is maybe going wrong, but also what's going right. Mm-hmm really help you as you're going through the process because sometimes you need to have that perspective of oh wait this isn't all terrible right like I just had three really great days with my kids and yes they're going to my co-parents house for two days or however long and I just had a really great time with them document that document that. And that's where I talk about journaling, because when you're having a good day, you need to write about it. When you're having a bad day, it's just as important to write about it because that's life. There's up and there's down and you have to find the beauty in both. And that's Mm -hmm. precisely why I'm such a passionate pusher of journaling. Hey guys, Michelle here. I hope you are loving this episode as much as I am. We'll be back with more, but first a word from our sponsor. Divorce is never easy, and when children are in the picture, it can be extra tricky, especially when communicating with your ex is a challenge. Now there's an app with you and your kids in mind. It's called FAIR, F-A-Y-R. FAIR is the easiest, most intuitive, and conflict-diffusing co-parenting app on the market. FAIR helps eliminate misunderstandings while also improving communication between co-parents. In the long run, creating a loving environment for your kids. Here's what you can do on the FAIR app. There's a time-sharing calendar to track custody, exchange days, and never forget those special events. Documentable text messaging, and an expense tracker so both parents can add and monitor expenses, track receipts, and add notes. GPS check-in, that's a court-verifiable way to document your presence at all GPS-verified locations. A monthly parenting report to download with your details. A private journal to take notes, add photos, and screenshots. A file vault to keep your records, photos, and documents organized and in one place. The opportunity to export all of your records into a convenient time and date stamped PDF when you need documentation for legal matters. And there's a Spanish version of the app as well. FAIR allows you to experience co-parenting in a totally new way. Simply, inexpensively, transparently, and fairly. Lose the he said, she said, and be the best parent you can be. Be F-A-Y-R FAIR. Subscribe at BeFair.com, that's B-E-F-A-Y-R.com, and then download FAIR from the App Store or Google Play. Go to FAIR.com for more details. Don't forget to use the code MICHELLE to save 20% off the cost of the app. My last and final question, and probably the one that's on everybody's minds is, okay, so I have this temporary parenting plan. I was willing to give it a try. I friggin' hate it. 
my child is miserable. How hard is it to change for the final order? Oh, that's so, that's such a good question, right? Because there's a lot of pieces that go into that. It's not just, you know, what do I have to do in the court process to be able to change it, right? Assuming you're in court. Um, Or, but it's also, can I afford all of that? Right, because what's that? And and when I say when I mean afford it, it's not just monetary; it's the emotional side. Because if you're trying to change a temporary order uh, before it becomes permanent, right? So let's say there was a fifty-fifty schedule in place, and it's just not working for whatever reason. It is just not working, and you want to change it so that maybe your primary and the final order. If your spouse isn't willing, if your co-parent isn't willing to agree to that change. There's no other option but to submit that re- that conflict to a judge for a resolution. And so that's going to require either a trial or a hearing. You'll hear those two terms are generally interchangeable. It be settled in mediation? It could be settled in mediation, but that's going to depend on the state that you have. Right. So like in New York State, you have to opt into mediation. Other states for, uh, basically require mediation prior to a hearing. Uh-huh. Okay, so in New York, you if you're not settled, you're going forward to a hearing. But I think in Florida, it's a um, you you're before the hearing, you have to go see the mediator first. Yeah, um, and so if you are unable to resolve it, you know for whatever reason, you've got a third party who's going to help you reach a resolution, be, be it the mediator, or you've got the judge who's going to issue the resolution, and that's not just. Do you have enough facts to support your request, right? That's also, do you have the mental bandwidth? Do you have the emotional capacity to to go through that process? Because especially now, courts, mediation, everything is so backed up. Yeah, it really is. It can be a long time. Um, And then the other side of it is, do you have the ability to afford any of the attorney's fees that might be associated with that process? And those are not reasons that I'm, you know, I'm not saying that to have anybody shy away from it. It's just in order to make the right call for you and your kids, you need to understand the different factors that come into the decision, right? Yeah, and I think it is also important to note, I mean, at least here in the state of Florida, it's much easier to fight for what you want before the final order than it is after. Making changes post-judgment, at least in my experience, has been damn near impossible. So even if you're like, oh, I can't do this, I'll just deal with it down the road, know that you probably won't have a good shot dealing with it down the road. Fully agree. And I think that's the reason why it's like, listen, if there's something that's really not working, try your best to address it before you get a final order, because it's the same thing in New York. Once Don't you have not address it to avoid conflicts with your ex, by the way. Exactly. Don't exactly. Make the mistake I made. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, you know, the other thing you could talk is talk with your attorney and see if there's a way that you could get a term in your custody order, your final custody order, that changes the standard for modification going forward. So sometimes Ooh, I've had some a good nugget. Yeah. So sometimes I've had some success with this, right? So in New York state, um, in order to modify a final order of custody, you have to show that something subsequent to the order and substantial has changed that requires a change to the terms of the order. So it has to be pretty dang big, right? Um, Cause judges don't want to see changes every single year. 
So what I've gotten is agreements that, okay, you know, in one year, the parties will revisit this schedule. And if they either party wants to make a change, they will go to two mediation sessions uh, to try and uh, reach an agreement on that change. And if they haven't reached an agreement, then either party can petition the court without showing a further change in circumstances. Right. Um, so it still requires you to jump a bit of a hurdle, but it makes it a little bit easier to try and get a future change. Absolutely. That's a great point. So, I mean, that's a, that's, this is the best time to say to you, Lauren, <laughs> your biggest piece of advice for somebody who is just coming out of the gate, starting their divorce process and completely overwhelmed by what that might look like for them. Oh my gosh. I think my best piece of advice is to take some time, literally 15, 20 minutes, plan out what you want your life to look like in five or 10 years. Get your big picture, like go crazy with it, right? <laughs> like I want to be in a on the beach in Bermuda with a tropical drink, right? No, I like that because the the I like I'll t- finish and I'll tell you why. Yeah. And then I want you to distill that down to three or four concrete goals that you want to see either at the end of your divorce or that will your divorce can help open up avenues for you to pursue. Yes. Um, so you, cause you have to have an end goal in mind and your end goal can't just be, I want to be a, I want to be divorced. Right. It has to be bigger than that. It has to be bigger than that. And also to set the agreement with the universe that you understand that your now is not your forever. And I'm saying yes. this a hundred times a day, what you feel now at the start of your long divorce journey is not what's going to be forever. So you need to be able to, to look outside of that container that you're in right now, because there's a big, beautiful world once you get this done and, and you should be looking there always. I love that. <laughs> I'm going to put you on the spot as I always do with everybody. Do you have a favorite quote? You know, I'm all about the quotes and the memes. What is your favorite? Oh my God. It doesn't have to do with divorce. Oh, that is such an on the spot question. That's not fair. No, I'm just joking. Um, you First know, your mind word association. There was there was actually one that I posted really recently, and I'm totally give me two seconds because I <laughs> I literally um, I just posted it on Thanksgiving, and it was one of my like this was such an important um, quote. Oh my god! Right, right, right. So okay. it was um, all about like the little things because I'm all about the little things in life, right? Uh, for me, like with my son Jack putting him to bed, it seems like such a small thing. It's like the most important part of my day, right? So my favorite quote was, enjoy the little things for one day you may look back and realize they were the big things. Absolutely. And you can be so blinded by the stress of your situation right now that you don't remember those little things. And I completely fell victim to that in the last year of my marriage. Bella was I I split when she was two. So like her whole first year of like being an actual person, not just an infant, I was so caught up in bigger picture stuff that I really missed the, those little moments. So I love that. And again, you know, I'm a learn, a learn by my mistakes kind of gal. So now, you know, Lauren, thank you so much for being here. I do love your Instagram account, by the way, where can everybody find that and find you? Sure. They can find me at, at Lauren Hunt ESQ on both Facebook and Instagram. Lauren Hunt ESQ on Facebook and Instagram. What is your practice website? 
Uh, it's the same thing. So laurenhuntesq.com. Okay. It's easy. <laughs> and that little birdie told me you had some giveaways for our listeners today. I do. I do. So I have two. Um, one is the five terms to consider for your temporary order. Um, and that goes into, you know, terms for legal custody, physical custody, parenting time plans. Um, also, I included some stuff about COVID if you want to try and include some terms for COVID. Um, and then I also have a custody case organizer. And this um, is for our Moms Moving On members. So if you are a Moms Moving On member, this will be um, ready and available for you in the few days following this recording. So get excited. <laughs> and so um, the custody case organizer is actually something that I developed to help my clients help me basically keep their case organized and understand their goals. And so it's something that you fill out at the start of the case and then you keep updating it throughout just to keep your attorney on the same page as you um, and also to hopefully kind of keep your legal fees in check because it's a very simple way for your attorney to kind of get a snapshot of everything. Love that. What a great idea. So if you're not a Moms Moving On community member and you'd like access to that, you know what to do. Go to my website, go to become a member, ask me questions if you have any, but all the good stuff is in there. Um, not that your other offering is not good, but I, I do like this opportunity for people to plan ahead and stay organized. That's the best way to do things. For everybody listening, thank you so much for being here, Lauren. You're delish. I'm so glad we did this. And I can't- I'm so glad. Can't wait for everyone to hear this. Keep moving on. Stay strong, everyone. Chat soon. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Moms Moving On. I hope you found today's episode to be helpful, inspiring, and give you the advice you need to feel empowered and strong as you move on. Don't forget to come say hi on Instagram at the Michelle Dempsey and drop us a line if there's a specific topic or subject you'd like us to discuss. Thanks. Stay strong.